0: is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced living water changes everything one life at a time. Praise the Lord. This morning I am excited to start. Uh, We kicked off really our talking about unleashing and unlocking God's power for our lives. Uh, As we go through this focus, there are four specific areas we are going to cover, and one is the one we're going to start today. And uh, although we may not hear a lot of references in it, I'm going to share the word with you because you will find references all throughout the next uh, several months regarding this word And that is a word that's sometimes very hard for us. It's the word obedience. Obedience. Let me say, as we get ready, that there are many who are not experiencing the full power of God in their lives, not because they are not loved by God, but because they are not obedient to God. So as we go through this, I want to talk to you about obedience and how uh, that it is certainly one of the most important things that we can do. So as we're getting ready, please let's uh, turn in your Bibles to Mark. Mark chapter 8. We're going to be Looking at verses 34 through 38, I want to talk about again the power of God. But as we talk about the power of God, I've added two specific things I think are very important for us to understand. And that is, it is good to be connected to the power of God, but there's also another aspect we need to consider. Anytime we're connected to the power of God, it does not come without something giving us a standard by which we are to allow that power to work. Do you hear me? Because truly, the Bible says in Proverbs, it is not good for us to have so much zeal that we get ahead of ourselves and miss the way. I think that that's a, a great way of putting because the way is alluded to Jesus. Jesus. You can be so focused on having power that if you are not grounded and the grounding comes from the word of God, the spirit of God and the power of God always works within the grounding of God's word. God has a plan. God works through his plan. God works through his word. You can have confidence in that. So today I want to talk to you specifically about power through surrender. As we look at Mark's gospel, chapter 8, starting at verse number 34. I want to start there, and we're going to read through verse number 38. And he summoned the multitude with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's shall save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For whomever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in glory of his Father and his holy angels. I find that the words of Jesus in the scripture, are often the most penetrating. And I find that the words of Jesus are good for us to focus on because they do move us from religion to relationship. They move us to a personal living encounter with the living God. So as we look at these things, I want to talk about the fact that as Christians, we open this by saying there are times when maybe either for moments or maybe even extended periods of time, you're, you know you're saved, you, you know that the Lord loves you, but there just doesn't seem to be any power that's happening. We all know the power is available, much like this illustration of the uh, light being there <laughs> But we have to exercise the power to turn the light on. May I tell you the greatest thing you need to understand about God's power, it always works through obedience. It always will work through obedience. This is why I say, everyone, God so loved the world. God loves everybody. He is not wanting any to perish. He's wanting all to come to repentance. But not all are blessed by God. All are loved by God. But blessing comes with obedience. The power of God, if you're wanting to know, God, how is it that I may experience your power in a more of a real way? Why is it, Lord, that it seems like that I just come and nothing really changes in my life? Well, I have some questions for us to answer. And I will tell you, they're ones that are not necessarily comfortable for us to talk about. It's a whole lot easier to talk about the blessings of God and saying that if you will just call on the name of God, He'll give you whatever you need. Now that is a statement that if you're in the right position with God is absolutely true. So I don't want to take away from God's word, but I will tell you your position has everything to do with with whether you will receive from God. And so let's look at the first thing I want to talk about, this concept that Jesus really is hitting on, and that is the lordship of Jesus Christ. There are many who want to come and follow after Jesus. There are fewer who want lordship in their life. Are many. In the Bible it says the multitudes ran after him. But when Jesus started talking about lordship and concepts that were very difficult, most of them turned and walked away. And in this passage of scripture, Jesus makes an incredible statement He said, if there is a desire, verse 34, if there is a wish, a desire to come after Jesus, there has to be this thing that happens in our life. There has to be at a moment where we decide who is going to be Lord of our life. This is why I say, There are many, they're they're loved by God. I am not, you are not, no one is here to judge anyone's salvation. I'm simply asking you to, through the word of God and the Holy Spirit, allow the Lord to speak to your heart. There are many who will run after the Lord. There are fewer that say, God, whatever it is you want, That's where I'm going. Come what may, Lord, whatever it is. And that's why Jesus talks about discipleship, talks about lordship, talks about, in in the Bible, lordship is one of the absolute main concepts he talks about. So let's look at lordship. Lordship is about this. He says, let him deny himself. Now, I will tell you, this concept of surrender is very difficult for us to understand. Because we don't surrender to anybody. (laughs) I understand in certain ways when we're standing on what is right, when we're taking a stand on an issue, we need to do it in the right attitude. But there needs to be an attitude of saying, this is not one that we surrender on, but I'm talking about who is going to be in lordship of your life. That's, the, that's what we're grappling with. See, all of us have that part of us that says, the only one that's going to do what I want to do is me. That's part of that human nature in all of us That's what Jesus is asking for when he says, anyone who comes after me must deny himself. It goes against every human thing inside of you. You must have a death, not physically, But God gives that analogy for you to recognize that unless you die and identify yourself in Christ, you will never live and experience the power of God like you want. You will have those times in your Christian life, you are frustrated because most of the time, I want my plan, God. Lord, I want to surrender but here's my plan. And all these little details that you see written down here, I just love that because it looks like all the details I try to figure out on my plan, God. And God, if you'd just get on page with me, we could really do something. And God is saying, son, until you surrender all of that and find out where I am, you will see nothing. Nothing. See, I must come to the place where I say, Lord, I will surrender to your plan. To, God, to Lord, whatever it is. What, and, and all of us, there is, a, there is a part of that, that if we're honest with ourselves, that is a, a, a fear and an anxiety because truly we feel, if I surrender to God, what might he ask me to do? He may ask you, you immediately think, he'll tell you to go to Africa. Now, I'll tell you what's more scary but we need to yield to. He'll tell you to go talk to your neighbor. He'll tell you to talk to your coworker. He'll tell you that there's a plan of God for your life. And it isn't that you say, God, I've got to sit for hours and find out and pray for this magical thing called your will. No, if I would just say, God, here I am. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do, to be a light. You'll find you're on God's page. What is your vocation? I hope it's just a vocation, not identity. Because if you're defined by your job, you need to change. Because you are first and foremost an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You are His and He is yours. And He is wanting us. Have you you been maybe in this stage where you say, God, I want to experience your power the first thing to do is not say, well, it means i got to give up my job. It means I got to. God knows you have a job. God knows you have a wife. God knows you have children, grandchildren, whatever your spot is. What God would like you to do is say, Lord, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start doing the Word. I'm going to start being kind. I'm going to start being kind in my home. Imagine that. You know, in our homes is where we talk about, well, I'll tell you in my home, I let my hair down. I have no hair to let down. <laughs> but, you know, we use that phrase, in my home I let my hair down, and, and really it's something, if we can't serve the Lord in our own home, how will we ever win the world for Jesus? It is there that I first want to say, Lord, help me to get on page with you. Amen? Surrendering to his plan. Now, I will tell you, surrender means sacrifice. That's what Jesus is talking about. Lordship is sacrifice. It's giving up what you desire, but I will tell you this. In my greatest moments serving God, it has been when I am on page with him. My most miserable times of serving Jesus have been when I've taken the reins. And I've said, okay, God, we're going over here. <laughs> but when I surrender and say, God, whatever you're doing, that's what I'm going to do. God knows you got to go to work, but as you're going to work, are you on God's agenda? Are you in the mindset of saying, God, yes, I'm going to work, but I'm not going to work just to collect a t- paycheck. I'm going to be a light for Jesus Christ. I'm going to be your ambassador. That's truly the incredible power of the gospel God's called each and every one of you here to a different spot in this community a different place in your lifetime that you have specific people places that you can touch with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ that no one else can touch that is getting on page with God's agenda that is what God desires he desires for you to allow the power of His Spirit to work through you right where you are. And I'll tell you this, when you surrender and say, God, your agenda is mine in every area of my life, you're going to find the will of God is there. To surrender to the Lord Means that we sacrifice, and it has to do with focusing on the cross, it has to do with focusing on the fact that God He says to take up your cross. You know, that the, the cross is offen- the cross was offensive, the cross is not an easy thing, and and I will tell you, when you start to surrender and you start to say, Lord, I'm getting on your plan, I will tell you, you will have a cross to bear. Because not everybody is going to like it, appreciate it, understand it. In fact, then you will experience what Paul talks about in Timothy. Whomever wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, persecution, I understand, it's not just those who are martyred that are persecuted. But I will tell you, if you're living your Christian life and you never experience any persecution, you need to ask yourself, Lord, am I surrendered to you? Jesus gives us very clear instructions about lordship. And may I tell you this, Jesus is either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. There's this idea that somehow, you know, I'll give God lordship uh, 70% of the time. That's not lordship. <laughs> to be lord means to be master over it all. And so we, we can't partition parts And places in our lives where we say, well, Lord, that part I'm going to save for me. No, he wants to be Lord. But let me give you these scriptures. And they're the words of Jesus. And it's regarding obedience. Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Jesus talks about the two paths. One being very large and broad. And he says many are going to be on that path and it leads to destruction. And Then he says there's a narrow path. And these words just ring every time I read them. And few there be that find it. It's not that God wants you to come and you can earn your way. That's not what Jesus was talking about. When he laid out the two paths, he's not talking about you being so religious and doing all your obligations. When I talk about obedience, please don't, talk, please don't think, well, I've got to do everything right. You will kill yourself with religion. Find relationship with Jesus, and as you're serving him, you will do what he wants you to do. No wonder Jesus said, if you love me, You will obey my commandments. Then the other one is Matthew 7, same chapter. The first one was Matthew 7, 13 and 14. The second uh, is in the same chapter, chapter 7 of Matthew, but 21 through 23. And it's here that Jesus says, Look, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, I did this and I did that. And Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. You see, that isn't popular a lot to preach on. But it's in there. And it's not just in there in a vague reference. It is Jesus who mentions it. He says, don't be fooled. There is a clarity, and I, again, will lay out to you. It's not that God made it hard. God didn't make seven different ways to get to God. He made one way through His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's not going to be by works. It's going to be by faith in you accepting what Jesus has done for you. Hallelujah. Obedience. That's what obedience means, surrendering to the fact that, yes, Lord, your word is correct. I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. (laughs) Yes, Lord, you are correct. I am a sinner, and the only hope for me to change is the power of Jesus Christ and his spirit working in me. I cannot change anything about my heart, but God with you, all things are possible. Amen? Lordship. So, when I say power through surrender, the first area of surrender is lordship. The second is this identity. There is someone whom you are identifying with today. And my, my, my heart this morning is not in. Any way to have you feeling judged, that is not of God. But if you're being convicted by the Spirit, then allow the Spirit to minister to you. Your identity is drawn from two different places. It's either drawn from the world or through your identity in Jesus Christ. Your identity is coming from somewhere. Your identity is that part that makes you who you are, and you're drawing off of something. If you spend all of your time being consumed with the world, what job I have, what um, bank account I have, what position I have, what popularity I have, you are identifying with the world, and you're going to be disappointed. Everything about the identity in the world will put you on a treadmill that will wear you out, chew you up, and spit you out. And by the way, when you're broken, they won't care. They'll just move on to the next person. And now when I talk about identity, the Bible talks a lot about, Christians who are in carnality, they're struggling with their identity. They're, they're saved, but they continue to want to go after the things of the world. And Paul says, "Don't do that. They, they, they don't bring you joy. If you're wondering why all the time as a Christian, I'm struggling, I have no joy, I have no you need to say, "Lord, where am I finding my identity?" Am I finding my identity in the world and what they think is what I ought to be doing, what they think is success? Because I will tell you, what the Bible says is success and what the world has is success is entirely different. And this also has to do with getting on page with God. If you want to experience the power of God in your life, then really this is a time where you move from Jesus just being your Savior to where you say, Lord, I want to be like Jesus. What amazes me is so many in our nation who say they want to be like Jesus, who never crack their Bible, never are in a Bible-believing church, never are in around the people of God, and they expect great spiritual things. It doesn't happen that way. When your identity is based in the world, it's who you become like. If you're running after the world, if those things are what you're filling your heart With the word of God is clear that what you set your heart on, you become like. Interesting, and so if our heart is set on the things of God, we will begin moving in God's direction. But if you have no desire for God, it is a great chance for you to evaluate your spiritual temperature because you're moving in one or the other direction. I understand all of us have troubles and all of the ebb and flow of life, but when I'm pressured by life and even the trials of life, I have an opportunity to say, God, am I going to allow it to draw me closer to you and to identify with Jesus, identify with the cross, identify with you, or am I going to say, God, I just want a little bit more of the world. Now this is what Matthew 19 says you'll turn with me there Matthew 19:27 through 30 These are the words of Jesus I specifically have looked at the words of Jesus This is uh, the disciples coming to Jesus, and Peter is the one in verse number 27 that said, Peter answered and said to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will thou be for us? Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you have followed me in the Uh, regeneration when the son of man sits on his glorious throne you also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my sake shall receive many times as much and shall inherit eternal life. What are you saying? I'm saying that As you, I find, identity with Christ, don't think that God will not let it go unnoticed. God is no man's debtor. Do you hear me? God is no man's debtor. Now, a lot of times our trouble is we want to be repaid with the things of the world. I find that that is the worst form of payment. Because moth and rust and everything else happens. Lay up treasure, Jesus says, in heaven. Where it's not going to wear out. Where it's not going to go away. Amen? Then I also draw attention, and just for you to write it down, Philippians 3, 7 through 11. It is here that Paul, the apostle, writes, saying that I consider everything as Dung, poop, compared to the surpassing knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, when you begin to get that perspective of the things of the world, you'll begin identifying more with Jesus and less with the world. I find my struggle comes in with my five senses. (laughs) And God knows that we're in this body. That's why Paul says, I crucify myself daily. Because my five senses get so involved and I start saying, No, Lord, I, I, I ask that that be crucified that I may identify with you. So really, we're either a letting the world become our identity... And we're looking more and more like the world, or we're looking more and more like Jesus. And when I talk about the power of God working in your life, the power of God, and we're talking about unlocking and unleashing that power, that power comes through lordship and through identity with Christ. We must surrender to his lordship. We must surrender to identifying ourselves in Jesus. Bow your head with me to this morning.